CannabisRadio.com proudly presents 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection, where we converge the biggest names in entertainment, business, technology, and medicine and connect them into our growing cannabis community. Connecting and educating the world about cannabis. CannabisRadio.com presents 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection, ignited by MSIG. Thanks for joining us on MSIG's 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection. I'm Alex Mardikian. Welcome to our 420 Cloud. We're back with our first episode of 2018, and we're here to continue showcasing more of the professionals that have found their way from into the cannabis business space after finding success from the heights of Hollywood, Silicon Valley, and the Fortune 1000. This week, we are very happy to welcome a Harvard MBA, former McKinsey consultant, and a serial entrepreneur. He is the founder of BDS Analytics, Roy Bingham. Roy, welcome to our show. Thank you, Alex. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So let's get into it. But, you know, I know you've been quoted and interviewed on a numerous amount of times, but I have to ask a simple question just for myself and the, and some of the listeners. What does BDS stand for? It stands for Business Decision Data Service. There and that seemed like a bit... Sounded like a bit of a mouthful. Uh, yes, I understand it's also got connotations in uh, in the bondage um, sadomasochism world as well. But uh, that is not what the BDS and BDS analytics stands for. Okay, well then, good. So now we've set the we set a direction, so everybody knows if they want to continue tuning into the show, this is about business. No, okay. So tell us about uh, tell us about how you got interested in data and analytics, you know, and what did you take from working in the British banking sector? Yeah, so I've had a love for data and uh, information and organizing data, you know, since before it was a thing, really. Um, I started off in banking in 1984 in London and uh, used, uh, you know, very, very early uh, PCs and computer systems and eventually Lotus 1, 2, 3 and Excel to build all kinds of complex models for structured financing. So I've always had a bit of a, a data, a nerdy side to me, and um, that was the very beginnings of it. Now, uh, in the late 90s, I got involved in the nutrition and natural products industry here in uh, the United States. And one of the things that we did was we invested in a company called Spins, and Spins has become the leading data analytics business in the natural products industry. We were starting off with independent health food stores and then Whole Foods Market and the various other chains in that space and helping to organize all of the transactional data about what consumers are buying uh, in order to figure out what the hot um, categories are and hot opportunities are. Um, and then my co-founder, Liz Stahura, uh, did uh, very similar work in the biking and outdoor industry. So she can tell you all about which uh, bike tires are hot or which um, which kinds of hiking shoes are popular based on actual transactional activity in those spaces. Um, and then uh, we were encouraged to bring that uh, expertise to an industry that didn't have it, which was a cannabis industry where nobody really had very much idea three years ago when we started the company about uh, product categories, what was popular, how big are the markets, 
um, subcategories within concentrates and extracts and edibles, etc., were things people were just speculating about. How big is that subcategory, for example? Which are the hot brands? Which are the, the items that are getting traction with consumers? And that's, of course, what we do with BDS Analytics. Mm. I mean, wow. That's uh, that's definitely a background information. When you hear everybody talk about data, I mean, you're basically hearing people talk about, you know, maybe the last five years, 10 years about emerging into it. But I mean, with your background, it definitely seems like you've got a great handle and direction. So, I mean, it makes me wonder, you know, I mean, you came into the cannabis industry because what your bio states, the cannabis industry lacked the kind of sophisticated sales-based data that is both commonplace and essential in other more established industries okay and i can agree with that statement so what would you what made you decide to want to come tackle this issue specifically why why cannabis i mean you picked all there's so many you know industries you know and this one obviously with the need why well my most recent industry experience was in the uh, dietary supplement and nutraceuticals world, which is a little bit of an alternative world when you think about what's mainstream business. Um, I ran uh, sales and marketing for a company called Renew Life, and we were the largest probiotic company in the United States, actually in North America. And we competed with the big guys, with big pharmaceutical companies and with companies like P&G, but we were very much a specialist company. Um, and so I've always been interested in the, in the somewhat alternative world of other ways of solving problems. Um, and I, I was therefore very interested in the emergence of a legal cannabis uh, uh, industry. I looked at it quite closely five years ago and frankly got scared off at that time after I started talking to people and really understanding what the industry was then, focusing on Colorado, um, I felt it was a bit risky for my career uh, to get in at that point. Uh, but two years later, a lot had happened. Um, and so I went back to the drawing board, um, talked to uh, Patrick Ray and Mark Notley, the founders of Canopy Boulder, who I've known for 20 years. Um, and they convinced me that now the time was right, that the industry was actually at the uh, inflection point. Uh, as far as I should be concerned, and of course, with tremendous growth opportunities. So I'll be honest, I came into it first because you don't often see an industry that is substantial and is going to grow at 30 or 40% a year for year after year after year. I had got used to being in industries where you uh, a year of 4% growth was pretty exciting. Um, I, 2% I was, was acceptable and flat was okay. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say, isn't 4% in, in other industries, isn't that like remarkable? But I mean, yeah, you just, you preface that. I mean, and but in here, we're at 30% year after year. I mean, you know, that's leaps and bounds. So, well, that's good reason yes. to come into this industry, but more so to put that concrete base to it. So, um what kind what kind of research let me get into this what kind of research and effort goes into the process of gathering data for the cannabis industry and let me add to yeah. that is that and when you when i ask the question okay is that global is that domestic i mean are you segmenting it like can you just give me a little bit about what that means like when you're gathering data because there's so much data out there 
What's that mean? Yeah, so we're very specific about what we do. You're right, there is all sorts of data. In most cases, I don't know how to turn that data into a business. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're a little different from that. We're a business uh, that was in uh, seeking data in the industry. In other words, we'd done it in other industries. We knew the business model, and we just needed to go and bring in data uh, of a similar type to the, that w- which we'd used before. And the first focus was on point of sale transactional data. Mm. Uh, so we went out and made partnerships with hundreds of dispensaries with a focus initially on Colorado, Washington, Oregon, and California. Um, and now that focus is extending to all major states in, in the United States and Canada. Um, and uh, so we, we basically offer a service to the dispensaries that is very valuable to the dispensaries. It's basically what we offer to Whole Foods Market or to REI or Dick Sporting Goods uh, to enable them to figure out which products to put on their shelves, mm. uh, how much of their shelf space to dedicate to a particular category or subcategory of products. Uh, which brands are the popular brands that consumers are going to like because uh, the last thing you want is a consumer who walks out the door and goes up the road to a competitor because they don't see what they want. Um, so we provide that to all of our dispensary partners and in return, uh, they provide the data about every transaction that goes on in their dispensary. Mm-hmm. Um, and we extract that from their point-of-sale system. It doesn't matter which point-of-sale system they use. We're a expert at pulling that data out. And then we uh, normalize all of that data and organize it and aggregate it, which is very difficult. We've processed more than 800 million cannabis transactions now. Um, and you, as you well know, there are no standardized SKUs or barcodes in this industry, so it's all based on description, whatever was typed into the point of sale system. Some cases you can have a hundred different descriptions of what we ultimately realize is the exact same product. Mm. Um, so we use a combination of machine learning and human intervention to tidy up all of that data and categorize and organize it uh, so that you can have a, a clear understanding of what's going on in the industry. So that's what we do with point-of-sale data. Now, we have a separate uh, business division that focuses on consumer research. So many of our clients on the point-of-sale side said, well, thanks to you, I now understand my market share. I now understand how my competitors are doing. I know what the price points at which my products are being sold. um, And I understand what the competition is doing, et cetera. Uh, but I still don't really know who my customer is, mm-hmm. the end consumer. Uh, and having done that sort of work in other industries as well, we've um, formed a new division and started surveying consumers, which is difficult to do because we're interested in projectable data. We're not looking for skewed data about people who are already opted in to some kind of loyalty program or already consumers. We're trying to understand what the average is in a state. Um, And so we work with a very large survey company uh, to come up with specialty panels on a state-by-state basis um, that are demographically balanced to the population of that state. So once you've interviewed a thousand people and got very detailed answers to close to a hundred questions, you can essentially multiply that up and say, uh, if as in California, 27% of 
adults over 21 had consumed within the previous six months. 27% of the people in the panel had done that. And in fact, that means 27% of the people in the state have consumed within the last six months. Mm. Well, I mean, I definitely can say you take it to that level, a very granular level. There's no question. And it's uh, it's concentric to its its space. And I and what I get... Well, that's what you ultimately need because what we have yeah. called all about is actionable data, stuff that is really useful to people who are making business mm-hmm. decisions in the industry. Um, and so it's becoming a more competitive environment. It's not going to be good enough to just have a general idea of who the consumer is. You're actually going to have to start to sub-select subcategories of consumers um, and have a target persona that you think about when you're developing your products, when you're doing your marketing campaigns, when you're coming up with the packaging and the languaging that you use to describe the materials, etc. That's the kind of thing that happens in every other consumer packaged goods industry. It's really just getting started in the cannabis space. Yeah. Well, definitely, it seems as if your background with the sales and marketing, being the head of sales and marketing previously, it helps you to, to, you know, tip your hat into the understanding and direction. Because sometimes, you know, what I what I see is a lot of data guys, you know, or data companies, they don't understand the whole follow through. So I, I, when I hear you speaking about it, it really takes it to that next level of saying, hey, you know, like you said, it's actionable data. You know, it's not just generalized. And so stay tuned. We're coming back with more from Roy Bigham. So stick around. More of 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection coming up. But first, let's connect you with our sponsors. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Connecting the world to cannabis one show at a time. Welcome back to 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection, ignited by Imsig and the 420 Cloud app, only on CannabisRadio.com. 
Welcome back. We're here with Roy Bigham from BDS Analytics. So getting into some of the actionable, one of the studies your firm recently published, okay, explained some studies that show women, particularly mothers, utilize cannabis for health reasons. What can you tell us about what your team discovered? Yeah, so this was based on a survey of 1,300 women in uh, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, and California. Um, And we asked them, uh, you know, are you a consumer of uh, cannabis? Uh, And if so, why do you consume cannabis, for example? And uh, 40%, four out of 10 um, of the female cannabis consumers said that they turned to marijuana as a natural alternative to manage mood swings brought on by menstruation, menopause, or mental health conditions, for example, Um, and relief from premenstrual pain as well as cramps um, were registered as major drivers with 39% of women consumers using cannabis to cope with those symptoms, for example. and then, of course, you know, we unpacked a whole series of other uh, reasons why they might be using cannabis. It included uh, sleep, which is very high on the list for both males and females, but particularly high for women. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, we also identified, you know, having explored uh, the demographics of these consumers, it's apparent that many of them are mothers. Um, with children living with them in their homes, for example. Um, and uh, so that led to all sorts of other findings in the, in the study. You know, one of them, um, interestingly, um, was that um, women consume cannabis for pleasure. Um, 27% of women consumers say they consume cannabis to enhance their sexual experiences. Oh, wow. um, and a category within that was the mothers with children at home. Um, who probably need the cannabis in order to be able to relax. Oh, that, that, that would make some sense, you know, relax, better, <laughs> better relations. You know, cannabis is uh, definitely pretty miraculous in multiple ways. Um, yeah. Just, you know, just yeah. getting the state and the federal, you know, state versus federal to see it the same way, right? <laughs> but um, yes. So you're yeah. So in fact, from the women in this group, you know, forty-nine um, percent of the women said uh, they agreed with the statement: "Is marijuana medicine for you?" Oh. Um, what do they you say? know? And and fifty percent basically said, "Yes, it is medicine for me." Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I think that's important to recognize: the primary motive is around healthcare. Oh, that's, yeah, absolutely. So 50% of them stated that it is medicine to them. I mean, that's great. That's great yes. to hear. Um, and then, interestingly, uh, 25% of the women uh, reported that they have reduced their use of prescription medications, and 33% said they've reduced their use of over-the-counter medications. So well, cannabis has enabled them to replace other drugs that they were having to use. So now that's really that's really positive to hear. Um, that's really good. So so basically, the cannabis industry took okay, uh, you know, nine billion dollars in sales in 2017 domestically is what your company uh, recently noted. With adult yes. use legalization, okay, now legal in California, sales are projected to rise to 11 billion in 2018 and like. 
21 billion in 2021. How do you yes, yes. okay? How do you expect see a 20, these 27% compound growth in sales in the industry between so now and 2021? 27%. Yeah. Okay, so how do you see the space, these numbers improving the state of new investments into the cannabis, cannabis space? If it's going up 27%, how does it look with the investments right now? Yes, I wouldn't say I'm really an expert in terms of the investor community. Um, obviously, we've raised capital to fund our own business. Um, and we've found that uh, people are attracted to the industry because of uh, the long-term growth. Mm. And of course, that long-term growth is very predictable and one can feel much more confident about it than in most other industries because it's essentially taking a gray market or a black market and turning it into a legal regulated market. Um, that industry already exists out there. Consumers are already consuming tens of billions of dollars worth of marijuana. Um, and we're bringing it into a, a nicely regulated, properly organized industry environment where people can have good jobs with good health care and good benefits and all those other sorts of things that they weren't able to have when they were working in a, uh, an unregulated and illegal market environment. So that long-term growth characteristic for the industry is, of course, really important. Um, mm -hmm. It can also be a very profitable industry at the present time, and that, of course, attracts um, outside capital into the space. They look at the, um, the, the gross profit margins that can be made in cultivation, um, which can be very attractive at the present time. Uh, of course, most people expect wholesale prices to gradually decline, uh, but there are still lots of efficiencies out there, I understand, for people in the cultivation world. And then what we've seen as well is that uh, branded uh, edibles and concentrates and extracts are holding their prices fairly stable in most states, while the input costs, the raw material costs are declining. So the margin is improving if you're a brand or a manufacturer of infused products of one form or another at the present time. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, of course, we expect to see is the emergence of very powerful brands in the industry. And so I think a lot of the um, outside money is now coming into uh, support management teams that have got good traction or good backgrounds in this or other industries in building uh, leading branded products. Ah, excellent. Well, I mean, hey, the, be the better the branded products, that leads into my next question. You know, it, it creates jobs, you know, better products, more people, more interaction, more jobs. We have a site called 420 Job Search. And I mean, you know, that's, we, we monitor and see how many people are just out there actively looking. So your company reported, okay, there are over 100,000 people employed in the cannabis industry. So it's expected to nearly triple what in, in just a couple of years, correct? So I think that's over over the next five years. Yeah. Over the next over the next five years. So who is out mm -hmm. there that you see trying to grab the best and the brightest talent right now? So like who who's out there dashing to get this you know to get these uh, this talent and bring them in the career into cannabis? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I don't think I'm going to name specific brands, but. Uh, 
I have certainly seen uh, some brands growing very rapidly, uh, adding several hundred employees in the last 12 to 18 months uh, uh, on the West Coast, for example. Um, and those are, of course, bringing people in. Um, most of those people are in sales capacities, and they brought them in with a sales background in some other industry and sales skills, um, and now they're out detailing dispensaries um, and building uh, building large, um, you know, traction in uh, certainly on the West Coast. Uh, we're also seeing, of course, people coming into the industry with strong marketing backgrounds with things like national brands. And national brands are difficult to do in this industry because of the mm -hmm. regulatory environment. But we are now seeing some brands, some of the major companies who are in many states um, through partnerships and have managed to get some traction on the branded side because there are restrictions on the kind of marketing that they can do as well. So it's not like they're about to launch you know, national TV campaigns uh, and that kind of thing. They simply can't do it. Um, so there are a lot of very good sales jobs in the industry, a lot of good marketing jobs in the industry as well. I also Absolutely. think what's very appealing is... Um, is on the uh, production and engineering side as well. My family are all engineers. I'm the, the token guy who went into finance and <laughs> into business instead. Uh, and I often think engineers are uh, rather underappreciated and not that well compensated. Mm -hmm. um, but if you are trying to figure out how to make high quality extracts at the present time, you're going to need a chemical engineer Absolutely. or someone with, with that kind of training and the positions in the industry are very appealing compared to doing that in the, you know, in another uh, chemical environment. Um, so I'm quite fascinated by some of the people that are coming into the industry after years of working with um, different kinds of oils or botanicals in other industries uh, and then kicking it up a notch in terms of the technology that they're bringing in behind them. Yeah, we're, um, we're and seeing then also, the same. Yeah. Good. And then just this week, I visited with um, some uh, research and development businesses um, where there are several PhDs in those organizations that come from pharmaceutical backgrounds uh, in particular or from uh, academic research in uh, universities and other institutions and are now applying those their big brains to uh, the questions of how to produce more efficiently uh, cannabis extracts that are standardized in a particular way or how to develop products that have particular pharmacological uh, benefits for uh, patients. Mm. Um, and of course, that's very exciting to people in, in this industry, especially if you come from big pharma, for example, where yeah. the rate of innovation is incredibly slow. It takes forever to come up with a product and the most of the great products that you come up with get squashed at some point because you don't have enough intellectual property or something to prevent uh, others from entering into that space. Whereas here, you know, in the cannabis industry, there's a lot of innovation and there's a lot of uh, pressure to produce uh, innovations and to launch them onto the market relatively quickly. Well, has your team been able to study like what kind of impact the cannabis industry will make it just like into Canada? Okay. Also like on the adult use legalization, you know, once it's in place after July 1st of this year, you know, any thoughts mm -hmm. on the recent mergers that have uh, taken place up North? 
Yes, I, th- I think the Canadian market is very, very interesting. Of course, the current medical market in Canada is not that large. Um, mm. It's much smaller than uh, uh, many of the states in, in the United States. Um, but the adult use market is obviously already uh, substantial and the, uh, the, the, the the gray or black market that's been ex- in existence is you know, comparable to the uh, California market, for example. Um, and now all of a sudden, uh, all of these companies are licensed and regulated and listed on the leading stock exchanges. Um, and so, you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, mergers and acquisitions activity, capital raising by the big players there, obviously on very, uh, very high valuations uh, because of an expectation uh, that not only will they develop a very valuable domestic Canadian market but also they will use that as a platform to be leaders globally um, and of course we've all seen the many deals that have now been struck for Canadian licensed producers to become suppliers to the newly legal German market for example yeah. which also you know will be a very substantial market and the first major market where insurance will be reimbursing uh, cannabis consumption Wow. That's and so amazing. falling right into the falling right into the mainstream of health of the healthcare system in Germany. Well, that's that's amazing. Time for one more break. We're coming right back with Roy Bigup. More of 420 Clouds Cannabis Connection coming up. But first, let's connect you with our sponsors. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC. Symbol MCIG. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping for essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Cannabis concentrates have been around for hundreds of centuries. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Connecting the world to cannabis one show at a time. Welcome back to 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection, ignited by IMSIG and the 420 Cloud app, only on cannabisradio.com. We've been talking with Roy Bigham from BDS Analytics. I got a question on, you know, gets into the government side, you know, the Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation. 
Okay, responded to a request from Colorado Senator Cory Gardner with the projected additional amount that will be collected from legal cannabis between 2018 and 2027 if it remains federally illegal. They said it would be like about $5 billion if the states, you know, themselves keep control. Now, it goes into everything we're talking about is, do you think the data from your company, okay, that has been uh, mined, you know, be enough evidence to persuade the federal government to leave the cannabis industry alone or to grow without interference, you know, or to, you know, or to help it become federally legalized? I mean, is is the feds looking at your data as well? There are some uh, some of the uh, lawmakers who are familiar with our data. Actually, yesterday I was at an event with the National Cannabis Industry Association, um, and they were talking about the lobbying process, mm-hmm. and, and they also talked about the fact that if there was a vote today. Um, it would be overwhelmingly in favor of uh, legalizing at the federal level. The problem is that the current uh, powers that be are not going to allow that vote to happen. Um, yeah. But there, were, there are enough votes within both the Republican and Democrat parties for a vote to overwhelmingly favor um, the creation of a, a, a legal federal uh, market. Well, I mean, because um, it drives and so that, that means here. that those people are, are fully convinced of the benefits, um, both to society, um, to their voters, and, and to the economy of having a, a, a fully legal industry here. Um, yeah. The opposition is, I think, ideological. It's not rational. Yeah. Well, definitely, when it hits, like, you know, when you hear about when you're talking about Germany, what they're doing. I mean, it just makes it so much envious to where you wish that it's going to become federally legal here and also look at the tax, you know, the, uh, the tax dollars that come from it. And I mean, and your data really is, you know, in at least I'd say from my professional opinion, I mean, that's the driving factor. You can't cheat the data. The data is what it is, and it can help derive and give that direction for them. So, I mean... You know, so be it. I mean, you know, it'd be great that it does, you know, get to that point to where, you know, we can get to federal legalization. So, yes, well, I mean, of course, the big thing is that legal and regulated markets enable transparency and Mm -hmm. transparency around data and information. Um, And and we're part of that movement to uh, shine a light on the industry, uh, good, bad or indifferent, and just show facts and information. Um, as opposed to, you know, an industry that has been uh, very, very hard to figure out, you know, anything, even estimate the size of the uh, of the industry while it was unregulated. Absolutely. Well, one research one one research firm stated maybe quote unquote, a significant excise tax imposed on the sale of cannabis, unquote, could be enough for the federal government to consider nationwide legalization. Do you think that could be a reality someday? Yes, I would imagine. So I would imagine that ultimately um, the lawmakers will say, well, what's in it for um, for us? Um, and unfortunately, that usually comes down to taxation. Um, obviously, that is a factor at the state level. Um, 
is one of the first things that um, people talk about in terms of the amount of tax that is being generated in uh, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, Alaska, um, Massachusetts, California. You know, those are they're all significant numbers that are either already being generated or are being projected for the future, um, and they're material to uh, the budgets of those states. Um, and so, you know, when the federal government uh, finally sees the wisdom of this, I'm sure they're going to say, well, we'd like to generate taxes from it in the same way that we've generated taxes from alcohol or tobacco or um, a host of other products. You know. Absolutely. And of course, you know, allowing them to do that, if we the people allow them to do that, then they become somewhat dependent upon that as a source of income and a way to balance the budget. Yeah. Um, and that's u- usually um, to the advantage of the industry to pay material taxes or, or for the consumers to pay material taxes. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, we've, we're wrapping up our show. We've ran out of time. But I, I want to ask you, tell us about some of the reports, okay, our listeners should check out and where where can they find them? Like, what what do, what reports can they check out on your end? Thank you. Yes. So, if um, you come to bdsanalytics.com, and if you go into the industry intelligence uh, part of our website, you will see that we produce with our partners, Artview Market Research, the State of Legal Marijuana Markets, which is an annual book. The sixth edition of that book will be coming out in another couple of months. Um, And so that will update everything about the industry uh, for 2017 and update our projections for the future. In addition, uh, we also publish the cannabis intelligence briefings, and you can find those there as well. We've recently taken a deep dive into the cultivation side of the industry, looked at the economics and strategic trends in that space. What are the advantages and disadvantages of greenhouse versus outdoor versus indoor cultivation, for example? What are the economics of it? We looked at... Uh, dispensaries and the economics of the retail industry so there's another publication there and then uh, we're about to publish a worldwide um, market um, uh, publication which is all about the size of the global market which countries are going to be important to the future um, what's the regulatory trends going on globally as well as we come up with our number of a 57 billion dollar global market so when that comes out, do people like how do, do they sign up? Do they sign in? Do they sign on? How do they turn around and go to your ca- cannabis consumer insights, your marijuana industry intel? What is it? They just mm-hmm. get on there and just and they they request it. Is there a, a charge for that? Yes. Yes. So for those particular publications, you'll be able to download an executive summary, a, a two or three page summary. The reports are. 50 plus pages the book is 300 plus pages uh the book is a 600 dollar um uh, price point so not probably for the average consumer but certainly for every business person in this space um the uh cannabis intelligence briefings you can purchase for 295 dollars each or you can subscribe and uh for two thousand dollars you can basically get everything the big book the cannabis intelligence briefings etc and be really on top of these key strategic and financial factors in the industry um 
then, you know, we started off this conversation talking about our point-of-sale data analytics and uh, consumer research capabilities. That's more a matter of contacting us directly. So come to the website, check it out, um, uh, submit your email information, and we'll get in touch with you. Um, those are, of course, services that are available on a subscription basis, and anything from a few thousand dollars to tens of thousands of dollars uh, for an annual subscription. Well, Roy, thank you for joining us. I mean, this sounds like a, actually a true investment, so it's great. And I mean, and thank you for one providing those industry, you know, leading marijuana insights on the market data and analytics. And we look to hear more from you in the future. Thank you again. Thank you, Alex. Thanks very much for giving me the opportunity. And thanks for, uh, to everyone in the industry uh, for fighting the good fight and creating uh, marvelous business opportunities and also a wonderful service for the patients and consumers out there in the, in the world who need cannabis. Want to find out more about MSIG? Go to msiggroup.com or check out the ticker symbol on the OTC spelled MC. IG. Open the doors to opportunities throughout the nation by posting your free listing at 420jobsearch.com. Start earning by publishing your sites and posting your ads on ehesive.com, home of the crypto and cannabis ad network. That's spelled E-H-E-S-I-V-E.com. You can download episodes of 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection at CannabisRadio.com and on 420Cloud.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, and thank you for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.